Now, don't forget, we're doing a live client-only event in mid-October 2022. I'll be speaking. Ryan Griggs will be speaking. Dr. Paul Cleveland will be speaking. Our whole team will be there. You're going to have the opportunity to meet all of us, and you'll have the opportunity to meet other people, individuals that are practicing the infinite banking concept from all over the country. Iron sharpens iron, so you should be there. It'll be worth it. Look forward to meeting you. Look forward to seeing you. Be there. Be square. In this episode, my friend Blake and I talk about the all-American family mastering stewardship with the infinite banking concept. We had fun and hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. Welcome to the Bank of Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. And look, I'm excited as always when I have friends and clients come in and the AV ninjas like that too. And I have my friend Blake here. He came in to visit some family and while he was here to the end of the Fort Worth area. You know, he graciously agreed to come hang out with me yesterday and do a podcast this morning. And I'm excited. Lovely young man. Uh, you, I'm, I've been looking forward to this, Blake. So welcome, Blake. How are you doing? Great. Glad to be here. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate you. I, you you know. mentioned grace. You have a lot of grace, man. Uh, I just want people to know that, you know, you've been very gracious with your time long before I became a client. Um, so you you uh, you're a good man. I appreciate you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yep. Um, <clears throat> we were talking about Grace yesterday. We were hanging out and you know did a little shooting, did a little eating. You know, do the things that you do with your friends, right? And uh, but we talked a lot about Nelson and infinite banking and you know personal philosophies and you know I was expressing how graceful Nelson was and you know I should do better. So. You know. hey. All right, so listen, we've known each other for I don't a year, year and a half, something like that. Okay, so we just met. I mean, we spoke over the phone many times, and yep. um, you know, he he. Well, I'd like, and I'm sure the listener would like to know how you even came to get here. You know what? Just share your journey with the infinite banking. You know, go as far back as you'd like to go, and you know, just bring it forward because we're really here to talk about the infinite banking concept, right? And how you can become your own banker and control the banking function at the you and me level. And when you do that, it's life changing. That's my opinion. But we have experience in that. So Blake's going to share with us his. Well, again, my name is Blake. Uh, I'm a husband to a beautiful woman uh, who's beautiful inside as well. And I have a uh, 20-month-old son who's uh, that's my little guy and um, I'm talking about family because those are the things that really mean the most and you make these decisions that are going to affect your family so uh, several years ago I was just kind of researching and uh, the internet can be a great place and it can also be a dangerous place it depends on you know what you click on and who you listen to so um, along that journey I was just trying to figure out how to best take care of my family and finances are a huge part of that um so i I started the uh researching just the general finance stuff and i'm not exactly sure how i came across um the um, becoming your own banker and infinite banking concept i think it had something to do with um uh, the ability to save your money uh, and be the best steward of it uh, as you do that, and learning about the banking system, uh, which is really a rabbit hole, it kind of opens up all the stuff 
And you have to be ready for that. So just, you know, telling everybody out there, be ready for it. There's a lot of things that you think are true and are not true. And the system is not built for us to succeed. So um, I came across it during that. And to be honest with you, uh, I got the book, probably breezed through it, and it kind of sat there for a couple years. So uh, Nelson makes a comment. I've heard you say it, too, that this is not taught. It's caught. And I just didn't catch it at that time for whatever reason. And a lot of people are going to be in that situation. So you shouldn't. Beat yourself up about that. You shouldn't, uh, you know, sort of reminisce on the past. Whenever you catch it, by God's grace, that's a that's a blessing. And I just, you know, read it more, talk to James, um, and hopefully you catch it sooner than later because it's a it's a it's a big deal. You know, I, I it's true. Uh, I mean, we're all in the same boat. You know, whether you're 20 and you get exposed to it and catch this idea that. You know, you really can't control the banking function and what that would mean to you and your family, or whether you're 40, 50, or 60. It doesn't matter. We're all playing catch up. That's right. You know, once we learn, we're the the rest, you know, from then on, we're playing catch up. Yep. So, yep. It was at about, I think, if I remember correctly, yesterday you said somewhere along 2016 when you first bought the book. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think it was 2016. Um, so I'm an Air Force veteran. So that was around the time I had um, got married in 2014 and uh, also uh, was discharged from the Air Force at that time, too. And shortly after that, uh, you know, just, again, trying to be a good husband, um, you know, taking the responsibility of, of our finances and stewarding that well, I was really trying to learn about that. Um, and it just it got stronger because I I was a married man. You know, it wasn't just yeah. You get married, start having children. Your focus, you that's know, right. may change a little bit, but then that's it right. comes laser focus yep. in some areas. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. so I know the uh, Nelson's faith resonated with you. And Absolutely. Was, you know, clear in the book. You you know his relationship. He had a good one with God, and you can see that. You know, yes. I mean, he doesn't necessarily overly promote that he just doesn't hide it that's right right yeah yeah i I, you shouldn't glaze over that i mean it's in the book so um you can't help but if at at worst be introduced to biblical principles as you read this book and he has a follow-up to this book which um you know this one is is the milk uh the b uh i think it's called uh, uh, building your building your warehouse of wealth yeah that's the meat but you got to understand the milk first. But that meat, half that book is scripture, and you just you just can't get around it. So I know some people that may um, hinder you from letting these things sink in. But truthfully, none of these things are to harm you. They're all good. If you put them to work, they're not going to hurt you. They're only going to help you and your family. Yeah. So whether you believe in God or not, or what you feel, you know, uh, about religion, these principles will work for you. So I highly encourage people to just just read it. His intentions were truly to help people, and he really didn't go into um, the uh, his faith and things like that until you get into the seminars. So, but again, you know, even on the pages, you can see the scriptures; they're yeah. there. So, the seminars Nelson used to do ten-hour seminars live all across the country. And uh, some of them are recorded. I mean, I think we have a couple. Nelson Nash Institute, NNI, mm-hmm. has it available. 
Um, even well, they've got it boiled down to six and a half hour right ser- uh, length DVD series, and and I, and I understand that's downloadable now. You know, you you don't have to buy the disc; you can download it at nni.org. Um, you know, he did. He there, you know, he didn't say the same thing every seminar. Right. I mean, we hosted him. I hosted him in Fort Worth and around in some other states uh, about thirty times over. You know, when I met him back in wow, I think it was two thousand four, two thousand five, and then you know the second to the last talk he did out and about was right here in this very room mm-hmm. and I believe that was 2017 um, and my point here is you know he did go through the book in his seminar and you, you, you just couldn't separate Nelson and all of his rich history and experience you know he would just add that through and it changed a little or it didn't really change he would just say some things and right. not others and yeah it was it was awesome. I didn't have the chance to beat him. Um, I truly believe that you're probably the the next best thing from what I've researched and you know all the information that's out there. Again, be careful what you find. Um, well, I appreciate you saying that. I'm yes. just doing my part, you yes. know, which has always been my commitment. Yes, I mean his clear intention. You know, you open this book and there's a, I think it's two pages of an introduction, and he goes through, um, you know, what this is who it's for. Um, he even kind of admonishes the, the the industry, the insurance industry, and says that, you know, this information needs to be out there and agents need to uh, really do their job, you know. Um, take this seriously and do the best you can to help people. Um, but, you know, he gets into the fact that this is for the everyday person. Um, says it is written for the layman, not financial advisors. Um, I mean, just you just got to read the book. Yeah. You know, this is for the everyday person. You know, um, <clears throat> my background is um, for the last seven years or so, I've been full time professional in real estate as a licensed broker in a couple of different states now, and also an investor. So people like me can't take advantage of that, but I really believe that Nelson wanted to talk to the everyday average American. You bet. Because again, in that introduction, he talked about you know the things that you're gonna finance in life. You cannot get around it, most people, when you're talking about um, vehicles, major appliances, education, homes, investment opportunities, all those things. We have a system that's been created that doesn't benefit us, yet you have to take part in it. You can't get around it. You know, yeah. we don't live in a barter society anymore, right? We have money that's been created. And he talks about that in depth, you know, how banking came to be and um, the process of creating money and all that. So uh, it's just a responsibility that I, I tried to go on a journey and take seriously for once. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's just, it's amazing what you don't know. But but it would behoove you to, to learn it. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, the worst case scenario, you're going to learn something. That's right. Whether you agree with it or not, whether you yep. want to participate in it or not, yep. whether you want to counter everything that Nelson did, you know, um, in all of his work, or, you know, I mean, some people out there feel led to, you know, reinterpret or interpret what Nelson did, which I don't really believe is needed, right? Um, 
it's not going to harm you. Nope. There's nothing in there that will harm you. Absolutely not. Right. From what I've learned and from what I've experienced so far, um, it's just really good, sound information. Yeah. You know, the, uh, you know, you said a couple of things that and it just, it reminds me of, uh, one, the, uh, the, you know, all the things that we're going to finance anyway, we're financing these purchases. Um, and it takes me to the logger equipment financing. There's six illustrations in this, uh, latest edition. And, and, and it has been since about 2012, I believe 2014. Prior to that, there were five illustrations in equipment financing. Um, but Nelson would talk about the logger, you know, he's using Associates Finance, and Associates Finance has a history right out yes. of Fort Worth, Texas, okay? When I was growing up, we all knew who Associate Finance was, hmm. right? And I'll just leave it at that. They have their own history, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I say we all knew the purchasers of, of whatever, mainly I think back in then, what I, my reference is automobiles and, and vending machines, okay? Okay. Yep. Um, you know, the locker was doing very well. He plainly says that the locker was doing very well. Yep. Right. But the banker was making more money than the logger was financing his trucks. Yep. You know, so we're financing anyway. We can all use credit cards, lines of credit, HELOC, whatever. Um, you can pay cash. It's still a form of financing. That's right. The banker wins. You cannot exclude the banking function in our in our daily lives, you know, I mean, we live in an economic society. There's transactions among men and, you know, we all want things and there's financing. You, it, it, it exists. It is. And somebody's going to perform that banking function. Absolutely. And they're going to be profitable. And it yep. might as well be you. Absolutely. I mean, that's like, okay, I'm all in. I mean, Tell he, me more. You he, know? he talked about that, you know, um, what does he say? The whole idea is to recapture the interest that one is paying to banks and finance companies for the eight major items that we need to finance during a lifetime. Uh, he also mentions that uh, one way or another, you're going to deal with interest, whether you pay cash or you finance it. Why is that? Well, unfortunately, again, the banking system, how it's created, uh, it's one, it's not real money. It was created, uh, and two, the uh, idea of inflation, uh, and you put, you know, couple that with just leaving your money at a bank account. Well, look at history. You leave $10,000 in an account over 10 years, that same $10,000 won't buy you $10,000 worth of goods. Mm. Why? Because the cost of things increase. Yeah. And the value of money went down, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's what real inflation is. Yeah. It's, it's because they create more of the money. So you need to. Just get educated, you know, fractional reserve banking and all that stuff. Banks are literally legally allowed to create more money out of what you deposit into your account. Most people don't know that. And then charge interest on money that didn't exist. And then charge your interest. And that is evil. Absolutely. And it's as simple as that. And Nelson pulled no punches with that either. Mm -mm. No, that's a direct quote. Yep. Yeah. It is. (laughs) It is. Not only do you take my money and give me nothing for it, you create more based off of that, and then you charge me interest and make on you the dependent thing, on the things that I have to purchase because they're so expensive. Now I can't afford them on a normal salary, yeah, right? On a normal wage-paying job, it's 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 an evil system. So uh, you just have to be ready for that. But it's a great thing. <laughs> just take responsibility. You know, it's a great thing that can be fearful. It can yeah. be, but if you deal with fear in the right way, you seek wisdom. Mm-hmm. 
right? So you're just trying to figure out what to do with whatever's happened in your life. And isn't that courage doing things in the face of fear? Absolutely. You know, so, and, you know, the the unknown can cause fear, but, you know, okay, the future is unknown, right? That's right. I don't know what's going to happen when I, when we leave here today. Who knows? You know. I, I plan on going swimming. <laughs> of course, I lay out the plans, but, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hot. Swimming sounds like a good yeah, idea. Yeah. So, yeah, we're here. It's like 100 degrees because it cooled off from a rain a day or two ago. And then my sister, Julie, it's her birthday today. So, we're having a big Happy birthday, party. Julie. Yeah. Happy birthday, Jules. Um, how far did you go down the rabbit hole whenever? In the beginning, far enough to know that I needed to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um you know yourself, just pace yourself. You know, this isn't an overnight thing. What does he say in the book? Long range. This is not going to happen tomorrow or even five years from now. This is a lifelong plan that once you put it in place, you know, you're, you're, you're putting your family in a better position. Mm-hmm. Not just the ones you know now, but future generations. I agree. You know, if we all want you know, like I said earlier, we're playing catch up. You know, we all want to be ahead of the game or, you know, improve all the time. It's like just the mere fact putting a properly designed life insurance policy that can address your need for capital and for finance. Right. All of that other stuff will take care of itself. You know, the death benefit. And I don't want to diminish the death benefit. No. The the death benefit is vitally important. Well, if I don't have an estate. Right. And and I have children or a family and I have obligations, you know, life insurance. I could buy the death benefit for pennies on the dollar. Yep. I mean, there's value in that. Yep. And then whenever you commit to your plan, whatever it is, your policy, your system of policies, you know, capitalizing, i.e. paying a premium, you know, it puts some form and discipline on that. Yep. And then the mere fact that we even have to go through underwriting. Now I'm aware of my weight. I'm aware of, you know, how many cigars I smoke. I'm aware of, uh, you know, my cholesterol. You know, I'm aware of all that, which I was already aware of it. I get it. But it just now brings out a heightened heightened awareness. And, you know, and it can it can it can be beneficial or detrimental. I get it. But it puts me on a path. You know, I'm I'm paying X number of premium dollars and I'm going to do what it takes, what is necessary to get the capital to pay that premium and I'm going to focus on my health so I can buy more policies in the future. I mean, what's wrong with that? Discipline. Right? Right. If you you practice this, your life will just have more discipline. In order to do this, you have to have discipline. Right. But discipline is a great thing. Right. And and it really is like anything that you do successfully requires discipline. Absolutely. And then Jim Rohn, you know, we all pay the pain that we're going to pay the pain of one or two regrets one or two regrets we're going to either pay the pain of discipline um or the pain we're going to suffer from one or two pains that's right either the pain of discipline or the pain of regret Hmm. so we're not getting around the pain that's right right the outcome miles apart yep And, and this applies to that absolutely you know i could not take care of my health um not pay attention and, you know, become uninsurable or highly rated, mm-hmm. which is not the end of the world. But, man, it's okay to be healthy. It's okay to be on a path. Absolutely. You know, so. And, and financially speaking, you know, if you own a home, you're blessed to be able to own a home. 
some days where you, you wake up and your AC doesn't work anymore. Oh, that's a seven, eight thousand dollar expense. Quit it. I just two weeks ago replaced <laughs> our air conditioning. That's just normal everyday stuff. Yeah. You know, you get in your car, go to work in the morning, and it won't start. You know, that could be several hundred dollars or yeah. over a thousand bucks. You never know. You know, the everyday person may not be able to just pull money somewhere to to be able to to uh, afford that. So there, therein becomes another opportunity to finance something, and you're going to do it one way or the other. Yeah. And you know, Eric, speaking of air conditioning, you know, we bought this property a couple of years ago. It's 15 years old. I mean, you know, I added the cost of replacing the air conditioning units because that's right. about the life expectancy, right. you know, 12 to 16, whatever. Yep. And so was I overly shocked when, you know, one of them could, there's two units in the deal, one of them quit working. Of course, it was a large one, right? So, of course, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, it, it's uh, if you don't have the capital and you're dependent upon the third party lender, you can change that. Absolutely. Right? And so, what if it, however long it takes, is what it takes? Yep. You know, you got to start where you're at, continue to learn. And then unlearn. There's a lot of unlearning that has to go on. There's probably more unlearning than learning for many people because we've been inundated with so much. Uh, again, you have access to so much information that, again, when you start this journey, uh, you have to be very careful what you let in because you're going to have to get rid of it if it's not the, the right stuff. And sometimes and I, it's I hard really, to get off of you. Well, I feel for people. You know, my heart goes out because not everybody will have uh, the financial education or business acumen that you know some people that come on this podcast have, where they can uh, already begin to filter what's what even sounds right and what's not. You know, yeah. um, most people are just trying to live their lives. You know, yeah. you have a family, you have a job, you want to take care of them, and you got to go to work. You don't really have the time to research and do all these, hence financial advisors and all that stuff. You know, some great ones, maybe some not so great ones, yeah. but. Uh, taking your own responsibility into your hands for you and your family, it's a it's no small task, but it's necessary, you know. And and no one's going to uh, appreciate this for your family more than you are, right? It could be the best person ever, even with you, you know. I I trust you, and we we have a great relationship. But at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to take care of my family. That's between myself and God. That's right. So if I'm not doing the best I can with that, then ultimately that that's on me. Yep. You know. And your family. Look, in, in our practice, um, you know, and I've been a life agent for like 30, a long time. And, uh, you know, I'm an investment advisor, and I'm not giving investment advice. I only give investment advice to clients. Um you know, we create independence. This is all about being independent, right? Yes. So I have a lovely service department. These ladies up front, I mean, I use them. If I want to get a loan or whatever, and I'm like, how do I do this? How do I do that? Um, which I know how to do it, but um, I'm just saying, I rely on them. And our clients, they're available to our clients. James has a great team, by the way. I have to say that from day one, um, Everyone in this office is just incredibly gracious and willing to help you with so much long before you pay any premium dollars. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. They, they like, I can't do what I do with it, number one. I can't do it without my, my wife, right? And you can't do what you do without your wife, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. I can't do, we can't do what we do without the whole team. And they're all overworked and they're underpaid, I assure you. I believe it. But they show up and they care. Yep. 
right? And and they they literally care and they want to be here, and they all except for the newest of the new, they practice this concept. You know, wow, they do. And most of them have met Nelson. You know? Are you going to find that in most companies where people are actually doing what they are recommending you do? Right. You know, there are some life insurance companies that uh, I'm not. There are some executives across the country in life insurance companies that actually practice this concept. Now, I assure you that number is very small. It's appallingly small, but they're out there. Yeah, that's why Nelson, that's the first group of people he wanted to talk to about this. And, yeah. In this book, when you look at that introduction, those are the first ones, insurance agents. You need to learn this. They do. And shame on the life insurance company for not already teaching it to the life insurance agents. Here, I'm, I mean, we're here to talk about you, but 14 years <laughs> in the life insurance company I was, you know, moderately successful at least. I'm trying to do better for me, my family, and my clients. Um, and I mean, I, I stumbled upon this book 14 years into my profession. Yeah. And it's like, what? I, I'd never heard of this. I've never, you know, I, I know that if you, and, and most all of us know that if you have cash value, life insurance, you have a loan provision and you can collateralize that. That's nothing new. That's 100 years old. Um but nobody that I'm aware of focused on the banking function and then the pointing out and conveying the characteristics of life insurance. It has more characteristics of a financing entity than it does life insurance. That's right. And so, and I have my own opinions on why I didn't discover this. You know, it wasn't the right time and maybe I couldn't have heard it. But the life insurance companies at least should have said, hey, James, you ever read this book? Right. No. Because they hadn't read it. That's right. <laughs> they don't. They didn't create it. It wasn't their idea. That's it. And this is not a sales gimmick for life insurance agents or companies. Nor, though, nor is it an investment strategy. Oh, it, thank you. This isn't an investment. It, and as a matter of fact, you know, and Ryan Griggs points this out often, you know, this is not how you do it. The examples in Nelson's book, and you notice there's no, not a single illustration in Nelson's second book, Building the Warehouse of Wealth, Building right. Your Warehouse of Wealth. Yep. And he said many times if he rewrote Becoming Your Own Banker, he wouldn't put He'd those tables in there. Yep. Right? Nelson and every one of those are different, right? And this is what can be done. This is what was done and what could be done. You know, it's not like you go do exactly this. Yeah. Right. What he's conveying is the power of becoming your own banker and how to do it, how it can be done. Yes. But, Just a simple everyday function that you're going to do for the rest of your life because this system's not going anywhere. Too many people are making too much money on it. Um, it's just how it's going to be. That's it. But it right? is. Yeah. Right, so did you, did I let you answer and I said, how long did you go down the rabbit hole? I think or, so. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll have to listen. Well, we're, we're, I think we're all always going to be down the rabbit hole because it really doesn't end. I mean, it's, this is a lifelong journey of learning, right? So yeah. I, I know what one of the, um, uh, what's the thing in there where he says you have the arrival syndrome? Oh, yeah. We don't, we shouldn't, we should not aspire to have arrived. 
and and stop learning, you know? Because once you learn something, it's going to open up the door to something else because it's all connected. Yeah. So uh, I think that's why I say, you know, uh, pace yourself uh, because it is a lifelong journey. So you're not just going to get this in a day, in a weekend, in a year. Uh, 30 second, minute that's and half, right. two minute TikTok yeah, YouTube video. videos, right? <laughs> they call it YouTube University now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've learned a lot from YouTube, but you got to be careful because a lot of, like I said, a lot of things you learn, you're going to have to unlearn it. But uh, the more you do this, the more fun it is and the more enjoyable it is because it's it's a good thing. Yeah. Right? You're just taking responsibility for your own future. You're, you're essentially taking the uh, governments and the, the, the systems idea that you cannot or should not be responsible for yourself and taking that back and owning it as best as you can yep. while you fight that system because you're always going to be fighting. And you know, the best you can is good enough. That's right. That's, That's right. Yep. You know, what you do is not what I do and how we do it. It's like, but yep. it's good and it's good. And, you know, and then if we can share it, then it's even better. Man. All right. They, you know, the idea of, of stewardship, again, whether you want to get into, you know, biblical stuff or not, just being a good steward of your money and, and doing what's right for your family now and also future generations. Yeah. Um, once you take that idea to heart, you're going to take time you should take time to learn as much as you can so you can best take care of your family. It's that simple. I, I completely agree with that. <clears throat> you know, the couple of things there, and if I go back earlier to the knowledge, you know, and the unlearning, and uh, the first time I really seen a powerful visual and, you know, it made an impression that lasts, mm-hmm. right? Nelson put a dime on the table, and he said, James, let's say that this represents your knowledge all the knowledge that you have. If you went out and doubled your knowledge, right, and then he put a nickel down there, right, you've doubled your knowledge. And then mm-hmm. if you double it again, put a quarter down there, yep. the edge of these coins, and, and, and let's say that the table represents all of the knowledge, mm-hmm. and this is your knowledge. Right. And you're expanding your knowledge, and you're also expanding more and more into what you don't know. That's right. You know, and it's like, wow, that's very powerful. Yeah. You know, and and, and he said it, and he had scriptures quoted, or uh, not maybe a scripture, I mean, uh, a philosopher or a traveler, but, you know, we're mm-hmm. created to be learning beings. That's right. You know, we're created to learn. Why are our brains the size they are? Right, and then you know? we only limit the usage to 10 or 15% or whatever Some, it is. Yeah. A very small percentage of your brain power is actually being used. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you're being inundated with information all day long. So whether you like it or not, you're going to be influenced by something. So you might as well take control of it. Yeah, might as well benefit you in a positive way. Yeah. So what are you doing? Are you you doing anything currently, or do you want to share what you're doing with your I'm just in a building phase still. Eventually, I will most certainly use it for everyday finance things, including uh, investments, which this isn't an investment, but you can use it for investing just like you would anything else. You know, Um, you know, I I don't want to get into numbers too much because I'm not a financial guru. I'm not uh, educated in this, but you just look at the amount of debt and the amount of interest that people pay for things that you're going to have to buy throughout your lifetime. Um, that kind of education to learn 
uh, what how to use this system, and just say that alone, it's it's a yep. a huge amount of money. I mean, you can't you really can't put a number on it uh, because you just you know everything increases in value or cost, and thus the in, the interest on it's going to be higher and higher. And the worst one is a house. Um, he talks about uh, you know the car financing in there, but he gets into how much interest you pay on a home. It's yep. all front loaded. Uh, people live in a house four or five years and you move, that's the average, and you haven't paid much of anything on the purchase of that house. Mm-hmm. So the banks will make a lot of interest off you, a lot of money off of you if you don't take control of that. And that's really the plan right now is just to do as much of that as I can. And then once you've conquered the normal everyday stuff, then you look at investing. Uh, because those are things you can do right now. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to finance a car, you're going to finance likely... Like he, I think he talks about appliances, you know, refrigerators, a couple thousand dollars. Not everybody has the cash to do that. So and you're a nine month waiting list. <laughs> that too. Yeah. And who knows what the price is going to be by the time it gets there. Right. So uh, you're either going to finance with that store or you're going to put it on a credit card. Or you're going to do something mm-hmm. if you don't have the cash for it. Mm-hmm. And even if you do have the cash for it, he talks about how you actually lose out on um, interest there if you pay cash for everything. So just read the book. And take the principles to heart and just start at the small everyday things that you're already spending money on. Once you've conquered that, then look at what can I do with investing? Because that's what you should do anyway. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know that. We've been purchasing and financing the everyday stuff and also trying to invest to get ahead when you can actually just get ahead and then invest even more. Yeah. Right? And invest using this too. Yeah. No, no, I love it because you know, the, uh, it's easy to focus like on the home because, you know, you're, I don't care what the rate is, two, three, four, five percent. I think now they're up to six and six and a half. Here yep. we are in August 2022, right? Um, you know, I'm going to buy a $300,000 home, put it on a 30 year mortgage, and I'm going to pay 600 grand, you know, total. Yep. Paying 300 for the house and 300 for the financing cost by volume. Yep. But the rate was four and a half or five or lower. So it's easy in the financial world to get focused on the rate, the rate, the rate. Interest rates, rate of return, all that stuff. Perfect. Because then you're not looking on the, you're not looking at the volume. Isn't that convenient for the investment world in Wall Street? Don't look over here. Look over here. Yep. Yeah. And then the fact that most people are going to move every four to five years. Yeah, no question. Just life happens. You know? it's, so it's perpetual interest. That's right. That's right. You really never get ahead. Right. So you spent all of the money in interest usually on your payments for the first seven, to eight years. I think it's like 80 percent of it. Sure. Something like that is interest. So the next house that you buy is going to be more expensive and the interest rate is likely going to be the same or higher. Yeah. So now you got more interest. Yeah. You know? Oh, wait, and then your children are buying homes. Oh, wait, and everybody's driving a car. You're driving a car, your spouse driving a car, your kids are driving a car, and they're probably going to get married, and their spouse is going to drive a car, and then your grandchildren are driving a car. And so it's easy to look at the mortgage. Yep. No question about that. College education. Oh, my gosh. We had that conversation. <laughs> it, it's kind of blown my mind, you know, just looking from when I was going to school to what the cost of education is now. I just, I, I know how people afford it. They get loans. Yeah. But we really can't afford it. You know, well, you know, you can just carry that for twenty years and and pay the interest, and then they may forgive it. Listen, that's slavery. No way around it. 
The government but it's comfortable. Tell, well, it is, but again, that's the system that we've been mm-hmm. we've been forced to participate in. This is the way out of that. That's right. And so, you know, bef- before you do the big things like you're talking about, it's like we're all driving cars. And I hear from clients and prospective clients all the time, it's like, well, why do I want to do an automobile? Because you can, right? Because you can. Sure. You're not buying a pre-owned automobile for 3 4 and 5% interest. It yep. ain't happening. So, and if you do go buy, uh, I mean, my wife just bought a new car. You know, it's two. 1.9, 2 point, I don't know what the rate was, and I don't really care because I know what's going on. Yep. And I know how it's being financed, right? Yes. And we did. We used uh, their financing on about half, mm-hmm. and then she financed the other half yep. out of one of her policies. And and at the end of the day, I don't care. You know, we're controlling that whole banking That's function. Right. That's right. right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that – you know, you can't practice banking. Look, the the one thing that a bank must have to be in the banking business is capital. Yep. Right. Yeah, we got to have a building. We got to have a location. We got to have customers. We got to have none of that happens without capital. That's right. So it's okay to focus on building capital. Yes. And these things really become apparent. And I'm I'm just. There's no no game here. Like you build capital, it'll become apparent because now you're focused. I've got a path. I'm building, paying a premium. You know, I'm learning this, and and it that whole process, the learning process continues, yes. and it will be clear. It's like, well, no, I shouldn't finance this first. I should finance that first. Whatever it is, you know, we're all financing, you know, generally the same things, but at different points in our lives. Yes, and and that process of your thinking expanding is invaluable it is you know and it's like it isn't going to happen if you're not trying to become your own banker you know in the same time frame no because they're actively trying to keep you from thinking that way (laughs) yeah us talking to a client you know um earlier this week and we just went through Kind of that where, you know, they're financing different things and, you know, they're active. We're all active. I mean, they, they, they do real estate, college, and um, then they're very charitable. They're funding their um, tax-exempt organization. And, and this particular client will come on in the future because, right. you know, she has a great story. But it's just going through the exercise of what should I do, yes. right? And it's – Whenever you have access to capital and you can control that whole banking function, the whole financing deal from start to finish, yep. it changes the way you look at things. It does. You now have actual other options, yeah. right? And you can take your time deciding because yeah. you control it. Yeah, and and then you can control when you pay it back, which you should pay it back. By the way, he tells you that in the book, right? When you're talking about loans with policies, but you know there may be a period where you can't pay it back, right? You know, you can't do that with normal financing. It's called a repossession. <laughs> There's assets you're swapping hands. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why? Because you're not controlling the banking function. You're doing it on their time. When, how, how much. That's and, right. And then if they can get mad and change your mind. Yep. Really. Now, I know, and I say it all the time, I know there's some, you know, uh, you know, what do, what do you call those loans or personal guarantees? I know there are non-recourse loans out there. But you don't have any. Right. Neither do I. That's right. 
Right. We're we're not in that elite club of people. Right. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. Right. Yeah. Like I actually want to pay the loans back. It's the right thing to do because is. I borrowed the money. It is. I mean, just you know. Yeah. Too. Look, when you when you repay the loan, um, you just have access to that more that much more capital, right? right? So we build cash value. And we're not taking money out of the policy when we borrow. We're collateralizing that cash value. We're borrowing the life insurance company's money, right? Yes. But the cash value is collateralizing that. So in, in round numbers, if I have $10,000 in cash value and I borrow five, the cash, the 10000 cash value is still in the policy. Never left, right? But what I have access to has been reduced to five. Right. And then if I repay 2500 you know, now I have access to 7500 yep. And it's not... This car you're driving now is not the only car you're ever going to drive. You know, this next real estate deal is not the last one you're going to do. And so it it is a personal economic system. It's sure. almost like a, an aquarium or terrarium where you're trying to control the banking function and maintain or keep the cash flows and the capital within your system. Yeah, and maintain control of it. Right. You know? The, the the idea of equity in a house is non-existent until you go get a new loan or you sell it, which both of those, you lose control of it. Mm-hmm. I got to go through a gatekeeper to get a, a, a HELOC or a cash-out refi? Yes. Yeah. Specifically an, an investment property, but also an owner-occupied, owner well, your personal residence. That's even worse, though, an even investment. Worse. Even worse. They're going to loan you, they're going to give you 80, you know, 80% loan value, you know, on that primary residence? Yeah, probably. How about your first investment property, your second or your third or your fourth? Are you getting 80% loan to value on that? Likely not. No. Nah. <laughs> like, nope. And then, too, you know, I, mean, I love the, the, the idea of real estate. You know, I mean, I like real estate, uh, but I like other things, too. It's any asset. Yeah. It's any asset. It's just, you know, you likely hear a lot about real estate. It's a great investment vehicle. Yeah, uh, it's a great asset, but there are other great assets as well. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, it seems like every real estate group has an IBC guru or expert attached to them. Right. right. It's right. getting out there, um, which is it's it's good. It's great. You know, real estate. What is that? Let me see. Oh, it's real property. It's private property. Yeah. This is an appreciating asset. It's a cash flowing asset. Yep. And there's some preferential tax treatment. Yep. You know, there's a deferred benefit. Right. If you sell the property in the future or you pass it to your heirs and then step up in basis and all that. Yep. Well, look at life insurance. It's private property. Yeah. It's a private asset. It's an appreciating asset. Yep. It can be a cash flowing asset. Yeah. And there's preferential tax treatment. And there's a deferred benefit because we're all going to graduate. Yep. You know, they really go hand in hand. Uh, so so really, a lot of people actually won't be in their lifetimes invest real estate investors. Right. Most people, if they have a, a normal everyday job, are going to participate in a government vehicle that's supposed to be an investment strategy for them. You mean a retirement plan? Whatever, IRA, 401k, okay. all those government, yeah, all those yeah. government, uh, what do you say, sponsored plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Nelson talks about that in the book, but he goes into it in detail in the, the uh, seminar, the DVD seminar. Um, you don't have control of that. The government does. 
Uh, and you need to learn about that, right? If you get into a bind, how do you access that money? Mm-hmm. And if you want to leave it in there when you have retired, quote unquote retired, they're going to charge you. You have to take it out at a certain time. What if you don't want to, right? So if you take it out early, they're going to charge you and you're going to pay income tax on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to keep it in there later because you're doing okay and you don't need it and you want it to continue growing, they're going to say, no, you've got a certain period where you have to start taking distributions. So that's the everyday stuff, you know, and then, and then they get you to invest in that to save on taxes, your income taxes, right, when you file your taxes every year. So every employer that offers that, they get a benefit and you get a benefit of saving taxes. But, you know, you have to invest in certain things. Well, what are those certain things? Stocks, whatever the company's, you know, organized asset classes are, uh, which you have no control over. Nope. Right? You have a, a sheet of choices right, to choose yes. from that they created. That's right. Yeah, they put the list together. So, you know, you can look at investments and things, but at the end of the day, just doing this on a basic level, uh, capturing the everyday functions, that's the exponential growth that you're missing out on. And it is exponential. Uh, exponential, excuse me. Um, think long range. It's not going to happen in a year or two, but you're going to look up seven to ten years later and it's going to be an amazing difference. And I haven't been using it that long, but I've seen other people's examples. Um, and you can see the math, but it's just capturing the everyday stuff that people I, are going to spend money on. You know, I, a lot, everybody wants to talk about investments and return on investment, um, interest rates, all that stuff. But uh, with regard to real estate and things like that, yeah. just look at the everyday stuff. And if you just conquer that and master that, you're going to be in such a better financial position. I'm I'm glad that you because you're you're like got a little passionate there. I like it. Your voice went up, hey. I, and I love because you're right. You're exactly right. I am going to drive a car for the rest of my life. Yes, I have been driving cars for a long time, forty something years. I mean, I learned to drive when I was eleven. I didn't own anything right until I was eighteen. But anyway. However long you've been driving, how many cars have you owned? Yes. Right? And then you look forward, how many cars are you likely to own? The average automobile, I mean, I've ran these numbers in the past. I mean, it costs about a, you lose, you spend about a million dollars just driving cars over the normal life of an individual. Wow. James, how do you do it? Well, you're paying for the car. You're going to buy a car every four or five years. No, I drive mine every 10 years. Okay, and your wife does too, right? The average American. Just focus on that. There are always like anomalies, uh-huh. people that do things differently. Yeah. But you're still the average American, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money on this. Right. And you could save a lot of that. You, right. you still And you still get to get the car. You still get to buy the vehicle. Right. Yep. You get the use of the vehicle, you get it insured, but that money returns to you. The equivalent of that money that you're spending in financing, the equivalent of that finance cost, you can capture. Yes. Right. Yes. And then, wait a minute. I, I mean, just driving cars a million for me, a million for my wife. And let's say I'm, let's say I'm wrong, and I'm not. It's five hundred thousand for driving a car. 
I'm driving, my wife's driving, my yep. children are driving, their spouses are going to drive. I mean, we're talking about a tremendous amount of money. That's not jump change. That's no. life-changing money. Yes. You and know? then, you know, the whole idea of a 401k plan, the Keogh plan, the Keogh plan is, look, if you save, which is not saving, it's investing, and there's a distinct difference between saving and investing. Yes. And if you do it in this preferential tax method, I'm I'm paying the taxes now or later. Well, you don't have to pay them now, right? So we'll let it grow tax deferred. Well, what? What the, what's you the don't tax? know what the tax rate's going to be by no. the time you need to it, take a distribution. And then they can change the calculation. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely. changing the rate. You don't know the what the laws are going to be. None. Yep. And they're controlling that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yes. great. But then it's like, well, you'll be a millionaire when you retire. Well, I've done this like a long time, 30 years. And speaking to, I have clients in their 90s. Okay. Wow. It's like, James, I don't want to take this money. You don't have a choice. That's right. You got to take it. You know, and yeah, you can give it away. You can avoid the taxes. You can, there's some things that you can do, but you have to take it out, you yeah. know, and and look at the difference. And that, and I don't have to worry about values going up and down. And I'm not naysaying against the stock market or I'm not even, you know, trying to be negative about any of that. I want to be very positive about what can be done, the comparative, because everything we do in life is compared to something else. Yes. Right? And so I love the point that you don't have to be a real estate investor. You do not have to go out and find something, you know, to invest in an appreciating cash flowing asset. Of course, if you do investing, that's what you want. But if I just finance my automobiles, yes. the cost of education, the major purchases that I were, was, we were going to do anyway, yes. that is life-changing. Yeah, not everybody has the desire to make lots of money in investments, right? Most There are a lot of just hardworking people that just want to not lose their money. Right. And they don't know they're losing it. Right. Everyday purchases, they don't actually know that they're being taken advantage of. And that's who Nelson was trying to help. Yep. That's what this book is trying to do. You don't have to have a desire to make lots of money in stocks and real estate and whatever other investment vehicle. If you just take care of the day-to-day stuff, you'll have so much more capital that you'll actually have to invest it. You you will feel an obligation to because once you start to see it grow, you don't want it to stop. And you're doing a good thing, right? You want to take care of your family. Yeah, I agree. I, uh... And you want to help other people. Right. There may be a friend or a family member or somebody that says, hey, I've got this great business idea or, hey, um, I'm uh, going through a hard time. Right. I can't pay my bills or something, you know, terrible has happened like the last couple of years. What we've all been dealing with. Right. You just all of a sudden they shut your doors on your business and you got loans. There may be an opportunity for you to uh, to be, uh, uh, I guess you what would you say philanthropic or whatever, where you help somebody out. Yep. You keep somebody else's business going so they can take care of their family. What's wrong with doing that? You know, and how many people know someone like that? Or you lose a job or you have some major health thing come up and you can't pay for it. I mean, there's so much more. Once you've taken care of your family, I feel like you have an obligation and you'll want to help others yep. and you'll have the ability to do that. Yeah. So you may not want to invest in something else. Maybe you want to invest in someone. How about that? What a concept. I love that. There's lots of things that you can do once you have freedom and control of the money that you're making 
and and the, the blood, sweat, and tears that you give to whatever you're doing to take care of your family. Yeah. There's so much more you can do with it once you have actually taken control of it. Yeah. But most people just don't know that they don't have control. Well, they yeah, I mean, they don't really think about it. You know, who who's who's advancing that con- that concept or even that conversation, right? Not many people. It, yeah, as the financial world says, look, I've we've created an opportunity for you, and we want to attract your capital. Yeah. That's the best backwards. You know, here, like, we're creating capital, and the capital attracts opportunity. And, oh, by the way, the opportunity that Wall Street creates, you know, they're going to profit from creating it. They're going to profit from selling it. They're going to yep. profit from shorting it and collapsing it and rehashing it. Over and, and over do again. it again. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I had a phone call from a banker, um, which I don't normally take. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have some baker friends. I'm <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this gentleman, you know, I called him back and uh, I'm like, why are you calling me? Did you take over the branch? And yeah, sure enough, a young man, you know, he's just doing his job, right? He transferred. Right. And, you know, we've been at the bank a long time, like five iterations. You know, the bank has been bought and rebought and sold and bought. And <clears throat> um, anyway, I'm like, well, I, you know, how can I help you? He said, well, you know, with the things that have been going on the last couple of years, you know, we're just reaching out to small businesses and seeing if they need, you know, lines of credit or loans or what have you. And, and uh, like, hey, man, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the interest rate on that line of credit you're talking about? Uh-oh. And Because uh, I have a line of credit, and it's at 14%. Wow. And do you think I use it? Wow. No, but I have it for documentation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he said, and I told him, I said, well, I think we have one at 14, and it was with that bank. It's a big national bank. You know, I'm not going to mention any names. And um, anyway, he said, wow, 14's a real deal. Said, no. <laughs> now it's 15 or 16. I'm like, wow. I said, a lot of your small business clients and customers, are they struggling? Do they need, you know, access to, you know, I mean, do they need these lines of credits and these loans? And he's like, oh, yeah. And think about that. You know, I know that the government shutdowns, it's not COVID. It was, it was. No, people made decisions to do what was done. Exactly. It is to crush That's small it. businesses. That's just it. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and I think I said it last week on an episode with uh, Ryan. I went to the cleaners and right across the street, there's another cleaners and, and uh, they've been there a long, long time and they went out of business. I'm like, why do you think they went out of business? You know, why do you think these small businesses need the banker over there? You know, it's capital. That's they right. don't have access to capital. Yep. All right. And you can change that. Yeah, absolutely you can. Absolutely you can. I like giving the bankers a hard time. But. I mean, not all of them have ill intentions. No. Many of them don't even know the stuff that we've learned through this. No, they don't. Right? They're just a part of it, the it, normal it, system. The local banker, you know, they're, you know, they, they provide services, they sell money, they yes. sell loans, and, and and they provide a service. You know, that yeah. nothing happened in the in the free markets without capital flowing. That's right. It just doesn't happen. Yep. Uh, and they don't know. Yeah. You know. I mean, all debt is not bad. And debt that comes from the financial institutions isn't necessarily bad. It's how you're using it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, most businesses won't get started without some kind of debt. And that's that employs people. It, it keeps, you know, all different kinds of processes going, manufacturing and supplies. And so all this stuff that runs our country is needed, and it typically takes debt. The purpose of this is to try to capture as much of that as you can uh, to benefit you and your family because ultimately the banks are getting – they're getting over on us, right? Yeah, I might have 
had a longer conversation if the rate was two or one or one and a half right. or three. Yeah, fourteen percent. I mean, that, and that's normal, right? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, look at consumer debt as a whole. No, credit card debt. Excuse me. Uh, nobody has a fourteen or fifteen percent on that. Everybody's eighteen, nineteen. Higher than that, you yeah. know. And, yeah, I and, see it all day. Yeah. And it's just normal. It shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah. Um, sure, we all buy stuff that we shouldn't buy sometimes, but many people are having to live off of that because different things have happened in their life. Yeah. And that's the best means of financing that they can, they can obtain right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not good. You know, they, they will likely never pay that off. You know, a lot of people will pay minimum payments and, it's just a vicious cycle. So the earlier you can start to grab a hold of that and take responsibility for it, it's just the better off you're going to be. Yep. And it doesn't have to be all your money. Just get a policy. Just start. Right? Just yeah. just start it. Yeah. Whatever you can do, start it. You know? You got to start where you're at. I mean, you have to. If you... You know, if you have to go borrow money to start policies, not, that's not the way to start. You know, um, if people spend six, seven bucks on coffee a day, that's a few hundred dollars a month, a few thousand dollars a year when you add it all up. Just put that in the policy. That's plenty to get started. Yeah, absolutely. That's plenty. You look up, you know. Yeah. Not to mention a death benefit. We haven't even touched on that at all. Mm-hmm. But but taking care of your, if you have a family, we all have somebody we love, hopefully, uh, that can benefit from you having put something like that in place. So don't discount that either. That's not talked about, but that's a huge benefit, a huge benefit. The idea that, as you say, when you're going to graduate, you have now put your family in such a good financial position that they may never have to use this system ever again. You sure didn't harm them. No. Like I said in the beginning, all of this stuff is good. It's only going to help you. It's not going to hurt you. You know, it forced me to pay attention to what I'm doing and improve what I'm doing. Okay. Yep. Yep. All day long, you know. And it's really, it's not that big a deal, you know. Just changing, making some adjustments, whatever path you're going down. Um, You know, I understand gestalt therapy. Look, it's a hard stop, complete reset. Which is okay to do that whenever you're, whenever you know and you're comfortable and you understand what's going on, and then you it becomes clearer and clearer what to do. But it's okay to make minor adjustments along the way. Yep. Right, and that's never going to change. I mean, that should be a lifelong pattern. The minor adjustments you look up, and you're in a total, totally different direction. Yeah. Right. I think there's some analogy about ships, and they take uh, very minor adjustments over a long period of time to make a turn. But when they've made that turn, it's a drastic difference from where they were headed before. So yeah. it's, it's going back to discipline. You know, just little things consistently um, make a big difference in the long run. So you're in the you're building capital, and you're going to implement it however you implement it. Small. Uh, oh, there'll be run. something. I have an AC unit, a water heater, yeah, uh, a, an appliance. Uh, Normal everyday stuff. If we decide we want some new furniture or something, I don't know, whatever it is, you know, um, all those things will go through the policies. Yeah. If there's enough in there, it's going to go through there and we're going to pay it back. Yeah. 
Don't steal the peas, as he said. <clears throat> I'm telling you, the four fundamentals you mentioned them is like number one is think long range. All right? These are Nelson's four original fundamentals. Number two, don't be afraid to capitalize. Yep. I.e., pay a premium. Yep. Do not be afraid to pay a premium. Then number three is, you know, be an honest banker. Don't steal the peas. Number four is don't do business with banks. Outside of checking and savings, you know, don't be dependent upon the third-party lender. Yep. And then the fifth one he added was rethink your thinking. And this really um, does that. It makes you rethink your thinking. It yes. makes you, you know, consider the some of the things that, you know, you thought were true but may not be, hmm. you know, and it, and it forces you or encourages you to even clarify your thinking. Yes. You know, and, and those are good things. So I love the way you're, you know, you mentioned being benevolent and altruistic. Um, you know, what if you were able to invest in someone or help them with their business or what have you? I mean, what is that worth? You can't put a price on it. You're helping someone else accomplish their dreams and take care of their family. Yeah. And provide for others, whatever they're doing. You know, if they employ people, whatever the service is or the product that they sell or provide, you know, that's that's a that's a a needed part of our economy, yeah. right? our, our society. And likely they're going to be different because of what you did for them. You know, they're likely going to try to do the same or or do better at whatever they provide. Sure. Right. Do it better. You know, you're providing. What's, a, what's wrong with an that example? Nothing. Yeah, you know, and, and literally, and I know it may be idealistic, um, and it is that you know if we become our own banker, right, and then we're able to help others. Um, you know, fractional reserve lending needs to die on the vine. Yes, they need to die tomorrow. I mean, not literally. I'm not, you know, CIA, whoever's listening. Like the fractional reserve banking system should cease. Man. It's unfortunate, but again, that's the world we live in. That's <laughs> right. the system that we are forced to, to play a part in. You yeah. know? Let them finance each other's opportunities, right? That's right. Yeah. You, me and you, at the you and me level, we finance our own and each other's. Yep. And live happier. Oh, man, he, Nelson talks about that, just having peace. <laughs> Can't put a price on that, Yeah, you know? He'd ask a physician Ta in the room. You talked about the stress. Are you, are you about to yeah, yeah, about no, that. you go ahead. Well, just, you know, what's the normal, number one stressor in our lives? It's finances. Money. It's the things that come up where we need money for. I don't like stress. I don't think anybody likes stress. Some people don't even know that they're stressed out until something bad happens. Yeah. Right? So... None of this is bad. It's all good. It's all going to help you. And not just financially. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, holistically, um, you and your family will be in a better position. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Man, we can carve all that other stuff out and just put that clip out. <laughs> you know? Look. All right, well, look, we've been going about hours. Or anything that you want to uh, – anything we left out or anything? I'll just harp on again. Uh, I said, if my heart goes out to people that are beginning this journey, that you're going to see lots of stuff. You know, everything that says IBC or becoming your own banker is not the 
original concept by Nelson Nash, and it's not based on the book. So if I could just give you one piece of advice, one is to read the book, and really just, you can cut off YouTube and read the book and maybe just call James' office and talk to some good people. I appreciate that. That's it. And whether you do it through James or not, that's a decision you're going to have to make. But if if you just, man, you have to cut off all the noise, and there's so much of it, and many people won't be able to sift through it. So if you're watching this, man, just, just read the book and call James' office. That's, that's just where I would start. If you go further than that, sure, but I doubt you will. I, I do appreciate that. And, uh, you know, and my encouragement is just amplifying his. It's like read the book, Becoming Your Own Banker. You can even buy it. I mean, you can go to nni.org, right, and purchase it through Nelson's website. Um, you can go on Amazon, but I'll, let me just share that it, it last year or so, there are a lot of books for sale on Amazon, and I'm not saying all of them, that were – uh, copyright infringed yeah. and they, they didn't even and so they reprinted partial or they left pages out and then pages out of order wow. I mean think about that Yeah. so it's okay to go to the horse's mouth it's okay to go to NNI and order these books you can of course we have a website bankingwithlife.com and you can go there and buy uh, but read Nelson's book Becoming Your Own Banker his first book in his second book, Building Your Warehouse of Well. And then I'm very partial also to Dr. Robert Murphy and Carlos Lara's book, How Privatized Banking Really Works. Yep. And then Nelson, even at NNI.org, and in the back of yep. the Lots book. Lots of resources. Oh, a lifetime's worth of resources he put in there. Right. And, and so... You're exactly right. If you'll, if you'll, the listener will pause the noise, right? Go to the source. This is foundational, fundamental information. Becoming this did not exist before Nelson. No. Right? There's a lot of different things that look and sound like it now, but this came from, and he was teaching this long before he wrote the book. Yeah. So if you, if you like purity, You'll want to go back to the source. Exactly. And I find it's been our experience, my experience, that, you know, when people um, get exposed to it, you know, when you when you get when you catch it, you know, you really you wind up at the source. You wind yes. up at Nelson Nash's in right. Nelson Nash Institute. Yep. Um, and then from there, you know, there's a whole practitioner finder, you know, and I understand a lot of people like to look work local. Mm -hmm. But this young man flies in a couple of states. Now I know he didn't fly in just to see me. He has a lot of friends and family, you know, here and um uh, but actually James was the biggest reason. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you spending time. I'm just saying that that uh, the that you may not have an agent that you can drive across the street and go see, and that's okay. We're in the 21st century, right? Right. We, you know, you can hop on an airplane. We can, we can do Zoom calls, video calls, you know, audio call. I mean, the phone calls. Um, but before you make these decisions to go out and and step off into things that you're unaware of. Educate yourself. Yes. It is okay to go to the source and be educated. This is my whole point. James in his office will give you all the time you want, but not until you've read the book. And I can appreciate that because you're not going to get it any better than it came out of this book. All you're going to yeah. do is talk about this. 
And then you're going to talk about a life insurance policy, which is based on this. That's, That's what it. I talk about all day, every day. And I appreciate you saying that. Um, you know, and then Nelson, we talked about it. Nelson has a six and a half hour seminar, the DVD. Yes. It's available, NNI.org. I mean, this is, I feel like this is the most merchandise that I ever talk about, right? <laughs> but, it, it, and, and it's even downloadable now. You, you can get that from our website. As a matter of fact, if you went to our website and purchased that six and a half hour DVD, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you get a 20% discount code, but David, NNI, David, Nelson's son-in-law is fulfilling that. We don't even ship them out from here that, you know, so um, just educate yourself. Spend the time to educate yourself and all of the resources that we just talked about was maybe $300, dollars $350, $350. I'm not sure the total, but you can afford it. All right, you you can afford it because you don't have to do it all at once anyway. His book is $21.95. You know, the uh, second book is 20 bucks. The third book is 25 or $27. Yep. Right. You can't read them all at one time anyway. No. But you can read them one after another. Then you I need think, to read this three or four times anyway just to get a good grasp of it. Yeah, just to get the, the grasp. The first time, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Right. So half the stuff went in one ear out the other because yeah. you just can't believe it. And from there, it's like, okay, let me digest it some more, take some notes, that type of thing, and really understand it. So yeah. I, I, I encourage people look, you buy Nelson's book. Just read it from start to finish. Don't get hung up on the on the 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 details, the numbers, the tables of numbers. Just read it from start to finish. If you want to have a pencil in hand, it's okay because you'll run on some comments and some concepts that you maybe have never heard or thought of. Just underline that and keep going. Yeah. The second time around, you know, spend more time then on what you've underlined, yeah. right? Then the third time around, maybe, you know, spend a little bit, not much time on the uh, numbers because by that time, the numbers will make more sense to you, right? right? And I'm not saying don't look at the number. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying don't get hung up on them, right? Yep. And then you will clearly know if, uh, if you want to participate in this or not. It's pretty know? easy. It's it's really yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty easy. Yep. All right. Well, that's listen. There's, in my opinion, you know, the idea of having clients share is for the listener to to hear what real ordinary everyday people are doing and how they even you know were exposed to this concept and how what they're thinking is what your thought processes are. I mean, it's invaluable, and I'm. I'm convinced, of course, I'm biased too, that, you know, there are several podcasts, guest episodes on our channel that if you would listen to them, you would know if you even want to buy the book. You know, I'm not saying do that first. I'm telling you to go buy the book. But when you listen to a few of these episodes and these people that are really doing this, it's like, oh my gosh, I want to be just like that. That's exactly what I want to do. And I'm just saying, this is how you do it. The book, that's what we're saying. The books, right? Yep. The the Six and a half hour series, and then you'll be convinced <laughs> what you want to do. That's right. Yeah. Okay, Blake, listen, thanks for uh, coming, like I said, and sharing with us. I appreciate you greatly. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.